All right, let's jump in because we don't have that much time. But we have just, an hour. That's time gonna... is relative. Okay. Yep. All right. It's arbitrary. You manage it, babe. Okay. Step back, refocus, take a breath, go on. Step back, refocus, take a breath, go on. Step back, refocus, take a breath, go on. Welcome to another episode, another live segment of Hood Rat to Head Rat. Where we doing it just like that. Just like that. Go ahead, tap in. So, how you feeling? I'm fine. Tap in, babe. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, clearly, I'm not good. I, you know, sometimes I think being fake is a survival tactic or mechanism of some sort. That Hi, I am Nia. just not... My energy shifts are super visible and noticeable and palpable. And I just had a bad day. New York... Um, Motherfuckers in New York are hell. It's just, it's a crazy place to be. And I think a lot of times people feel um, anxious. There's just an energy and a vibration of anxiety that just is pervasive throughout the entire city. Um, Not so much in Brooklyn. And I wasn't in Brooklyn for the majority of the day. We were in Manhattan and Soho. And um, I just want to wash the day off. Just wash it, wash the the energy of the day off. I, we came straight in the house and started setting up for this. So I didn't get to sage or do none of that shit, you know, that mm. would help cleanse me. Uh, some of my, just, just where I am just had a bad day. Soho is a mess. It's true. It was a hot mess. Yeah. So that's where I am, but you know, I'm hella happy to be here. I know considering all the things that are happening in the world, it's a small feat to be here on this earth and acknowledge that I'm having a bad day, but I'm still breathing such that I can have a bad day. I'd rather Mm. have a bad day than no day. Mm. Um, So I I will say that even though sometimes I'm like people having bad days and all the things, you know, people like be grateful for what you have and somebody has it worse off than you. And that's totally true. Um, In each person's case, I'm quite sure, but I don't think that absolves people from feeling shitty. You know, yeah, I'm alive and a lot of us are alive and um, sometimes it's just not enough to be alive. But your glasses are lit, though. Oh, for sure. Mm Holler. I appreciate it. He doesn't like these glasses for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know. I have buyer's remorse. I buy things. I want to take that shit back. Anybody else with buyer's remorse, join me. Please join him. And and feeling bad. (laughs) Please join him. (sighs) I appreciate all After each and every purchase. All day. It's a function of capitalism as well, but we won't get into that. That's not this episode. Babe, how are you? I'm okay. You being in a Gemini mood right now is driving me nuts. Clearly. Um, Because whenever you're in a Gemini mood, you make it seem like I'm in a mood. And that makes me crazy. Because I'm actually fine. I'm I'm a little I'm stressed out because I have hella shit to do, but I'm not in a mood mm-hmm. per se. Um, and we're gonna talk about relationships, so we'll get into some of our <laughs> idiosyncrasy idiosyncrasies. But um, that's one of them is where Ebony is being a Gemini to its fullest degree, and he is you know then trying to figure out the people around him, me being the person that is in the crossfire often. Um, if they have an attitude when he knows full well that it's just him, 
that's going through stuff. So I'm just, I'm just here. I'm here, y'all. You did mention that you were stressed. I am stressed. I do have, I mean, I'm stressed, but it's a perpetual, you know, stress. I'm not like stressed. My my body doesn't feel stressed. I just know that I have lots of things to do. So you having Um, lots of things to do, does that automatically equate to stress or... Well, I'm just, I'm just my, I'm, I'm my, I don't know, like I'm, my head is like heavy. Like I'm thinking of all the things I need to plan and things like, it doesn't mean that I'm not present necessarily. I just have a lot of shit on my mind, but I'm not in a bad mood per se. I just got a lot of shit on my mind. Right. Like I have to, I'm get, I'm going to be speaking at this really huge event on, that's going to be on television and I need something to wear. And that's important to me. And all I want to think about is what I have to speak about, but I also have to think about what I have to wear. Um, It's also breast cancer month. So a lot of people want to keep using this photo with a lot of pink and flowers and shit, which I also think is beautiful. You know, kudos to the makeup artist and the photographer of that photo. And it's also driving nuts a little bit. What's driving um, you nuts about it? Why you feel typecast with this photo? I feel a little typecast with the photo. Is that because that's the photo out of all the photos that I've taken? People want to use to perpetuate Breast Cancer Month, and I'm just like, <sighs> I don't wish the picture looked different. I wish that folks wanted to use a different image, right? Like of me, I don't know, fucking straddling somebody. <laughs> okay you want the narrative yes, that the picture just, you want the narrative around your images to change it's not enough that there are yeah, now so images easy, out there right yes it's not enough but that's always been what i've where i've yes, stood is that true. it's not just that there are no pictures of black breast cancer survivors it's also that we're always portrayed in this pink survivor we're warriors look at me roar look at me looking off into the distance of survivorship and how i've accomplished all there is to accomplish <laughs> and oh look I can still be beautiful because I have a flower crown and a pink backdrop like fuck that I want to be sexy and hot and profound and ugly and brilliant all at the same time yes and I want you to think about it I want you to consider that my body is just different I don't want you to think so easy it's so easy to look at me and think oh you're a survivor like yes think beyond that like what well, people a survivor don't want to. of what I don't know. Sorry, well, that's so, a tangent. Let's get on this topic. All right, y'all. So this is a heavy. It's a lot. It's not heavy. It's just a lot to talk about. We want to. It's multifaceted. We so, might end early on the live, y'all, because we only have an hour. And you know, we're long winded. So then that just means that you need to listen to the podcast. I think I'm going to just state this. Mm-hmm. This is the podcast episode that's going to go off. Hella people are going to share it and they're going to be moved by it. And it's going to be necessary to listen to. It's going to be necessary listening for your new partners, for your current partners, for your old partners. From your partners, the people that... Yes. Your niggas, like who you rock with. Who you rock with. There's so many different ways to say friend um, in black vernacular Ooh, Go ahead, go. Um, partner, round, homie, cuzzo nephew blood bruh 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 um already said round that's my favorite my nigga um dog um my wooah that Wuwap does not count. Wuwap might count. Uh, I feel like this is also West Coast too. This is very no, good. No, uh, round is from um, 
Say round. Round is uh, is from Louisiana. So you say say round. That's my round. That's my round. That's my I like round. That. Say I round. like that. Say round. That's my favorite. So round is the word of the day. Round. I just, just make that up. So when you call one of your partners, um, unless and if you white, don't do it. It's just only yes. for black people, please. <laughs> Practice different ways of saying what's up to your friends and see what it's also say. gender neutral. <laughs> most things, but most, most, right? Words All of everything you just said was gender neutral. Gender neutral, yeah. Um, once again, black people are not really ancestrally just not with the shit we just not not with the gender binary shit so that's just something we adopted but we're gonna talk about friends and relationships yes um, so platonic or, and romantic relationships and i was talking about the term platonic um plato actually um which was a as you, many of you may know a greek philosopher um i don't we view things i think through a very this can't be considered colonized but it's viewed through a ancient white i'll say that mm. as opposed to colonize that ancient white lens mm. and it's things we say almost you know unconsciously without realizing what we mean and so instead of using the word platonic to describe um relationships i'm, I'm not gonna say that no more Pla- okay. Plato was a slave owner. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, things those you were don't, white things slaves. You didn't know. Those were white slaves, mm-hmm. and but white, white. Acqu- before this, that term this is became before um, right. the word white before race really was thought of in terms of skin color. Uh, but he had, he owned slaves, and he I mean Greek philosophy has really contributed to a lot of imperialistic ways of thinking, and so that then informs how people behave and so i'm not finna say platonic Mm -hmm. so just say whatever what is the what else can a motherfucker say instead of platonic relationships platonic or non-platonic um i guess you could just say romantic or a friendship without romance because there are romantic friendships right that's what i would say if you're not saying platonic because you are against ownership of slaves were they indentured servants no they were just straight up slaves okay like they didn't get paid this is before indentured servitude i swear you know everything i do i think you do i don't um oh should we backtrack or no sorry y'all we're just following our agenda for the first time ever no, we're not going to back. So, well, to address, every, shout out to everybody who listened to our last episode, which was hella dynamic. I did find that a lot of folks were a little bit upset that people were upset I, that we came for Colin, that we came for the NFL. We didn't even come for Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. and that level of activism. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting how much we protect masculinity and I'm a person who protects my own masculinity and I really hold hella tight to it. So I get why folks are like, don't talk about, you know, black men, they're doing all the best that they can. And, mm-hmm. you know, he lost his job. So the, how is that not activism? It's just it's not right. You know, um, but well, it is activism. It's you know he is taking an action towards a particular cause. I just don't know what it is, and I don't know what difference it's making. That's my only point. I just right. don't know what the cause is and what difference it is making. I don't right. know. If honestly, if it was to disrupt the NFL, 
losing his job would actually be a function of that activism. It wouldn't. It would. So and it wouldn't be some sort of, you know, he would actually tell Spike Lee, stop you know, advocating for me to get a job. I actually don't want that. It would be very clear. It would be, you know what? I'm actually against the NFL. I don't want a job with them. I want a job doing something else. I want a job working with you, Spike Lee. I want to do a documentary about the NFL and how problematic it is. Right. And maybe these conversations (laughs) are happening, y'all. Maybe these conversations are happening, but motherfuckers felt the way right. you know and that's largely because of the pedestal that masculinity is put on right um it's not like people are defending you know against or redirecting their advocacy spike lee is not redirecting his advacacy to the actual issues that right. colin kaepernick's protest right. would be raising right he's trying to get the nigga a job not right. really with that that's not for me that's not what i view as activism but i'm not the authority on it yeah Period. Yeah. Um, so I did want to address people. Please keep it engaging with that. Leave comments on SoundCloud. Email us. We'll talk about the shit. We'll I'll I'll chop it up with you about it. Yeah. Um, but I did want to address people and how they felt about that. Um, and we'll get back to masculinity. Yeah. So and also just love and prayers and support to those who are mourning right now, um, in Vegas or outside of Vegas. I know people travel to that concert. So we just want to send our deepest condolences to the folks who were impacted by the terrorist attack in Vegas. Mm. Um and just shout out to them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. to people experiencing violence everywhere. Yep. All the time with little to no media coverage. Yeah. The email will have that available to all of you afterwards, but I'll say it one time for the one time. It is hood rats and head reps at gmail.com. We need to change that email, but that's the email. That's what it's going to be right I now. I don't know y'all. why he chose that, y'all. I'm we sorry. Here, we hear the we most complicated the email he did. All right, let's talk about friendships, babe. All right. How are you in your friendships? What are friendships <laughs> like for you? What's that experience like? I will I will say that I am rich in friends. Mm-hmm. I've always had a lot of friends and I, the quality of my friendships are hella high. Yeah. Like I have people who you know, I feel in some ways would kill and die for me. And in this, I'm including my blood relations, my family members, mm-hmm. because I don't all, not everybody in my family who I'm blood related to is my friend, mm-hmm. but a great deal of my family members are like friends to me. Yeah. Like my older sister, um, and I call hella people my sister, but my actual blood relation sister, um, we are, we relate to one another like friends. We kick it. And my, first cousin and I don't know if other people feel this way about some of their cousins but me and my first cousin Charmaine we bonded super closely ever since I was a child Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a Gemini Sagittarius thing but that was really somebody and she's what five six years older than me but I've always throughout my entire life been extremely close to this person Mm. I've all whether she be my cousin or not that's somebody I've always bonded with so I have very intimate friendships Um, but I also have, I feel like friendships that they get too intimate. Okay. Say say more about that. How do your friendships get too intimate? Sometimes I feel like there's expectations of me intimate. If I love my friendships, the intimacy in my friendships, like 
we, you know, we're very, we touch each other. We, you know, we, I'm anybody who is my very close friend, you know, we hella affectionate. I go over to my friend's house. We sleep in a bed together, you know, all shit like that. Um, I, that is normal for me. I don't view that as a red herring in, in any way. You can sleep in the bed with your friends. I feel this. Um, and have it not mean anything um, or have it mean something, which is like, I feel comfortable enough for, with you to just be in the bed sleeping with you. Or this is how I get close to somebody and show them that I love them is by being about being around them and being in close proximity physically. Remember that them. he said this when I start speaking. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, but I also feel like I, one of my best friends told me that I make people they my all. Like, I make people feel like they're the center of my universe. Mm -hmm. But so when I start to behave, I guess, normally, like, you know, doing things for myself or once I get into a romantic partnership, people just feel away. And, like, all the expectations that they had of me that they, uh, and had of that intimacy, um, I'm not able to meet them no more. Mm -hmm. um, and so motherfuckers start to, you know, act funny. I'm not even going to try to intellectualize this conversation. It's not. Like, this is probably going to be the least intellectualized conversation. This is really a conversation about relationships. And we just talk, we're talking very personal. I think this is the first time that we're going to actually talk this personal. We're even going to talk about our relationship yeah. um, and how we feel about each other. Um, Cause people oftentimes give us compliments and talk about how they almost like idolize our relationship. So we just yeah. wanted to bust that <laughs> wide open and have a conversation about it. Um, it's the Gemini aspect. Thank you for saying that. It's absolutely a Gemini thing yeah. that you connect so much with um, other people in the ways that you do, because you really do make people feel like they're the, the best person on the planet and also the only person on the planet and that you only have time for them. And that when you don't, they get really upset and you do withdraw once you, you know, you're, you're with someone, you give them all that you have, you give them all your energy, but then there's still a moment where it's kind of like you step back a little bit which is totally normal but step I, back in my romantic relationship or with my friends i see it in both like i see it with me and i also see it with your friendships like it's not it's mm. not but the thing is is it, for somebody in a romantic relationship i could just check you and be like hey what's good like it seems like you are kind of withdrawing like that's not cool let's talk about that but in a friendship we don't really have the structures in our education, even in our education about romantic relationships. There's no guidebook that says romantic relationships look like this, right. right? And these are the ways in which you operate in a romantic relationship. And this is healthy and this is unhealthy. Most people do not have that education. They learn by trial and error. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying in a romantic relationship, the conversation that you've withdrawn is more common than in a friendship. Yes. So when you withdraw, yeah. your friends don't know how to act because they're like, you were there for me for everything. And you forgot to call me at 1 a.m. the other <laughs> night and I'm losing my shit. Even though you've been there for me through everything, through thick and thin, you forgot to text me back. Yeah. And you always text me back. It's like you get used to that. And I feel like friendships, they don't know how to communicate that. Other than to also withdraw. There's also no guidebook of how no to be guidebook. a friend. No guidebook. And, how to t and I think that is why you get this sentiment around friendships where I feel like there's a grand cynicism 
that has swept over our age group around friendships yeah. and around people. You see all like the fake deep woke memes. I don't trust niggas. I don't trust bitches. I right. only trust the bag or I'm making that up, but they be so basic and simple. What's the bag? Like oh, money, money bags. Like, oh, yes. stupid shit. But, th- <laughs> but it's, but that's how people feel. Like what's the first thing people be saying sometimes when you go on a date or when you meet somebody, I don't like, like people. people. And that is a huge red flag for a person like me mm-hmm. um, because I like people. You do. I am a people person. I also think that when a motherfucker say I don't like people, I think you just mean I've been hella disappointed and hurt by people. And so I'm super distrustful of them. Mm-hmm. And that's valid. But to say you don't like people and then engage in a, like, what do you mean? What do for people who say that rather, because I know that that's a valid sentiment for folks. What the hell do y'all mean by that? Well, I do want to leave space for, and this does not mean that folks who are aromantic or asexual do not like people, but I do want to leave space for that aromance, aromantic people Mm -hmm. and asexual people do exist Mm -hmm. and that they don't have these type of relationships per se, romantic relationships. It it. looks different. It's across the spectrum. They, they look a lot of different ways, but I do want to leave space for that in the sense that there are folks that may be voicing. I don't like people in the sense of that is their romantic sense. Yes. 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 I get that. But, but there is, and I agree with that. Thank you for raising it. But there is a cynicism. There is. Around human personal relationships. It's like, there is a off the bat when two people, strangers meet each other, there's some type of wall or barrier. And sometimes there isn't, but I do feel like there's this dominant sentiment in the world, or at least for young folks, which is like, I'd rather just not fuck. I don't fuck with a lot of people. My circle's small. You know, I might, right. somebody said it to me one time, my circle's so small, I might cut myself off. I'm just <laughs> like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, people really like, What's and if your circle is small, what what does that indicate? What's wrong with your circle being small? Yeah, yeah. But also this idea of cutting people off. But I'll let you. But it, but it, I think that there is a, an agreement. When I say there's an agreement, meaning there's a lot of people where it's that's a cool thing to say. Yes. It's almost like I don't know saying what's up. It's like it's cooler to say. I don't like people Then hey, I've been hurt in my life and I have a lot of baggage and I'm scared that you're going to hurt me because one, if we're on a date or we're dating each other and you're telling me you don't like people, that doesn't make sense to me as another people person that also doesn't equate in my brain. And a lot of my partners have told me that because as a Sagittarius, (laughs) as another people person, a person that likes to communicate A a huge flirt, I feel like folks flock to me for like solace and that may be also the black femme um aspect of my identity but they flock to me and they're they're with me and it's like they use me as the talkative people person so they don't have to be um and people and my uh, my partners have told me that and also my friends have told me that my friends have told me you know erica when you walk into the party you do it all for me i don't have to do anything but show up and that's also like free labor like slave shit which is another level but still like there is that aspect there um where it's like you know like it just doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't compute for me either i would never say i don't like people unless i've been hurt i've said that before because i was hurt and i never it wasn't authentic i didn't mean it um it's just i was hurt it's like i don't like people like like today you went through new york city you had a hella hard day you had to talk to people all day long it was super challenging after a day like you had i would say something like i don't like people 
Yeah, but I yeah. still can't you say. You still I, like people. So there's actually just a quick fun fact. In the DSM, which is the whatever Fuck the DSM. dumbass book they use for disorders, <laughs> there's a disorder actually. Um, and it's something people, they say is congenital and people are born with this. Is like, it's when people are too friendly. Mm-hmm. And I cannot recall the name of it, but I will look it up. It is considered a mental disorder. What? It's, it's a mental disorder where people are too friendly and trusting. Oh. Like babies that are born, That's like me. wanting to go to people oh. and wanting to like talk to people and being so happy that and was loving. Us. Did they, you go to people when you were young? I don't shit. I don't recall, but I but uh. but my but has been said about me. Our family has nicknames. My sister' nickname is Miss because she got like a little attitude. She always been <laughs> hella sassy, and my nickname was literally Lover. Yeah. Like that is are. what my aunt still call me till this day is lover. Oh. And that's from a baby. So I I take it that I was pretty static. Mm-hmm. Like my love for people has been static, but it's so it's like that's a literal mental disorder. We can't use the DSM though as a as a barometer for mental disorder or mental illness because the the DSM still has in it gender identity or gender identity disorder talking about trans folks and people that are gender non-binary. So the DSM is trash for a lot of reasons that being one, it only so recently took out um, queerness, and I don't even think queerness was ever in there, but homosexuality. Um, so the DSM is not a parameter for it, but I get what you mean that it's been like, it's been, it's been taken as something that's bad. Yes, being been friendly, shunned. like yes. it's been pathologized. Mm-hmm. Being friendly and being nice and trusting people and liking people. Yeah. Uh, which is hella strange yep. to me. Yeah. Um, so, how are you in your friendships? What are your friendships like? What's that trajectory been like for you? Um, I'm a pretty friendly person, so I would probably be in the. I would uh, if I went to you're a psychiatrist, the, they would mark <laughs> me as that. You, oh, you are too friendly. Um, take these pills. I, <laughs> take these pills here. So, as a little kid, I would go up to people and want to be their friend forever. Um, I am still friends with my first friend ever. Um, we grew up in the same neighborhood together. We still text each other. I need to check on her. What's up, Krista? Um, I'm the kind of person my pe- my friends have told me that I love to stay in communication with people. So it doesn't matter when I moved to Ethiopia and served in the Peace Corps, I wrote letters to literally everybody in my handwritten. life. Handwritten letters is the only way to communicate. Uh-huh. I wrote handwritten letters to the people in my life and they still have those handwritten letters. And these were people that were probably not that fantastic to me, but I am convinced that they're my friend. I literally call everybody my friend. I meet, I've gotten better at it now, but as a younger person, I would meet a person for like a second at a party, at a bar, whatever, and I would see them at the grocery store the next day or maybe a week later, and, and if I was with someone else or and they asked, like, who's that? I'd say, oh, that's just my friend. And what? Yeah, you know? <laughs> and my dad, my dad, I used to be so upset because I got bullied a lot in middle school. And I, the thing that has always been like a running conversation for me, something I say over and over, is nobody wants to be my friend. And that's only because everybody didn't want to be my friend. So it's either everybody or nobody. And what did your mama say? This is a very black parent saying. What did your mom say when you came home and said, why don't they want to be my, why don't I have, what did you say to your mother? I said, mom, why doesn't everybody, why don't people want to be my friend? And she was like, well, why do they need to be your friend? You're great. Or something She's like, like that. She's like, I'm your friend. I'm your friend. That's what black parents <laughs> say. 
when you go home and you tell your mama, I ain't got no friends as a child, I'm your friend. I'm you don't your need friend. No you friends. don't need no friends. We're your. That's we're what my dad friend. would say. Me and your brother, we're from you. We're your friends. That's it. That's all you need. Like, okay. <laughs> Thanks, dad. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So that's how I've been. And, you know, as an adult, I've gotten better with that. Like, I understand that not everybody is going to be my friend. But there are moments where I have that little 12-year-old self where I really want people to be my friend, even if they're trash. Why? I, I, I think it's just it maybe rooted in trauma. Uh, rooted in trauma and possibly my mom dying is what I've equated it to. So my mom was my best friend. Mm -hmm. And then when my mom passed away, it was like I lost my friend. So then I wanted to keep all of the people around me all the time so that I would never feel that lonely again. Right. Um, and that I just think that I, and then sometimes I have those moments where people are like, oh, I don't want to be your friend or they fall out of your life or. I don't I, even think adults say shit like I that. I have. Though. I've had one friend break up in my life. I've had okay. one friend, I've, an actual friend break up where I said, you know, I cannot be your friend anymore. Oh, I've never I've had done that happen. That. I have people like. They were really mean to me. Act hella funny. They were really mean to me and I was an adult. I was like, I don't got no time for this. Okay. So I said, I can't be Me, I just, but we call that nowadays cutting you off. Cut, I'm no. just going to cut you off. Right. But what? it's like, there could be a conversation too, which sometimes I'm, I'm like, there doesn't you. have to be yeah. a conversation, but that's my own learning and training. I told yeah. y'all this is going to be a personal podcast tonight. Well, I have a, well, to, to counter what you said is when I've always had this thing is where I want everybody else to be friends. So I am the oh, great friend. I'm the great matcher. friend mixer. Okay. And matcher. So I could bring all my different friend groups together and motherfuckers will get along. Yes. They'll be loving each yes. other. I'm always trying to manage people having a good time. I, for some reason, cannot deal with like people not having a good time, especially in like parties or social situations, especially ones that I throw. Yeah. But uh, this, I remember an uh, early childhood memory was my first day of kindergarten and we used to eat breakfast inside of like the cafeteria. And the, all the kids was with their parents for the most part. And I was sitting with my mom. And it was a young boy, and I'll never forget him. He was in my same at grade kindergarten. And he had a younger brother, looked maybe like two or three, maybe four. Um, and his he was sitting with his mom and his younger brother. And he was um, kind of like a chubby kid. He was real dark-skinned. I remember him, how he looked so vividly. And um, he was, his mother, he was talking to his mother about something, and he she said to him, you never going to have no friends. Mm. She was like, your brother going to be your only friend. Mm. Like, I, she just, I just, I'll never, I tell people this story sometimes because wow. I'm like, and I was hella affected by it as a child. Like, I was like, what? Yeah. Like, why did, would she say that to him? Like, and so I've made it my life's mission in kindergarten friends. and I believe in first grade too. Um, we were in the same classes together to be his friend. Like, I used to hang out with all the little hood, little baby hoodlums, um, <laughs> all the, the little boys. And I used to kick it with them hella much, and they'd try to pick on them. And I'd be like, no, that's my friend. Aww. And we never really spoke. We would say, like, what's up or hi. Or, I don't know why I'm always – that's always been a major concern is I feel like nobody should be alone. Mm -hmm. I feel like everybody should have friends. There's somebody for everybody in the world. Yeah, you getting yeah. choked up? No, <laughs> <laughs> Gemini's always crying. No, that story. That's, that's how crazy. That story is crazy. But yes. I always think about him and wonder, like, and I beat everybody's ass. So I don't take tears for granted. <laughs> Ebony's a tough guy. Whenever he cries, he's like, "Remember, I'm a tough guy." Um, but I'll never forget that. You know, I always think about him to this day. Like, what became of his life? 
when you are in kindergarten and some your parent is telling you you won't have friends. Yeah. What does that mean? I, I'm very interested in loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's something unnatural, evolutionarily speaking, for humans. Mm-hmm. I read some things, some literature, some research around like human beings are the only species that could possibly medically succumb to mm-hmm. heartbreak, like literal heartbreak. Um, due to loneliness, like mm-hmm. loneliness affects humans physiologically, mm-hmm. and so it's something I'm hella interested in. I feel like people not meant to be alone, mm-hmm. um, and so when people are alone, um, I get confused. I'm like, ain't nobody better than nobody else. There's no reason why, you know. We there's some people I for sure don't like in this world, mm-hmm. and I leave them alone. But it's it, but it's it, but as far as like people feeling lonely, like and not having friends, it's still something on a very basic level. I I don't get it, mm-hmm. even as an adult. Got it. Oh, yeah. beautiful, babe. Um, so how is so how has this the way you are in your friendships translated into your romantic relationship whatever the fuck romantic mean that's another word that I grapple with I think Bell Hooks talks a lot about romance and how that's like a white people made it up to sell people a version of love <laughs> that is capitalist well I think it may explain my I'm polyamorous my um, relationship politic is polyamorous I'm not actively poly right now but um, that is my relationship politic meaning that I believe that uh, we can be with multiple people at one time, um, that there isn't necessarily the one um, person and that we are supposed to be with one person for the rest of our life. You could be, but it's also open to the fact that you could be with multiple people throughout that, whether it be sexually, whether it be romantically, whether it be long-term relationship, they live across the country, whatever it might be. Um, It could look a lot of different ways, but it's... um, Um, polyamorous. So I think that it may stem from also my friendships and that I like to keep people around is that I like to have people around me. Um, and I think that that is a fear with death and dying, um, is that I don't want to ever, uh, and I think maybe it's also loneliness. Like I don't want to be alone, um, at any point. (laughs) (laughs) like let's just be hella authentic like i just don't i don't want to be you mean like any point in your life or during the day can you quantify what you mean i think i have to reconcile a lot with loneliness and that i have reconciled a lot with loneliness or that i've experienced loneliness to a large extent um, through, throughout when I, when I was a younger person, right. um, and losing my mom, such a huge, um, impact on my life yeah. is that when my mom died, I was insanely lonely for about, I don't know, <laughs> 10 years. It just felt lonely. I just yeah. felt alone. I felt like there was a hole in my heart. Um, so then what I've done, what I did is that I started to fill it. I tried to fill it with a lot of people. Mm. And then those people may have, you know, disappeared to some extent or gone in different phases or they're still around. Like I told you, I still talk to my friend when I, you know, when we were younger, I still, all of my friends from high school, I'm still in communication with them. I'm on a group text with all my friends from high school. I want to keep all my exes around. I still want to be friends with my exes. It hurts my heart when they don't want to be my friend. Um, and I think a lot of that stems from not wanting to be 
lonely or not wanting them to be lonely. Almost like you did with the little kid. It's like you want to like not have anybody feel that way. And I feel like when people leave, it's a, it's, it's, it's a conversation about completion and closure, but I don't, I didn't learn closure. I learned it. I learned it through death. So I didn't learn it through like, right. I didn't, I didn't, there was really no closure. Right. Yeah. It's like, I didn't have like a breakup when I was 13 and I learned heartbreak and I learned what that's like. And I could kind of navigate that. And when I got older, there was another one. No, the first heartbreak of my life was my mom dying. Right. So I just don't, I feel like for me, I want people to be around. Not all the time. I love my alone time. I'm a Sagittarius. We like to be alone sometimes introverts. too. Introverts. We're like introvert. closeted introverts. Yes, it's very true. I absolutely like my alone time, but there is those instances where I want to be in relationship with people. I work better when I'm in relationship with people. Romantic um, and romantic friend. and yep. friendships. Mm-hmm. Like I know that. Like I have been in my life a serial monogamous. Like, and I, I don't I think that gets a bad rap. It gets a bad rap. It gets a bad rap for yeah. sure. And I think that's consistent with, oh, you need to be alone. You need to be alone to explore yourself or and to learn yourself or to be independent mm-hmm. and independent women and all this stuff. And all of that is all rooted in this like white supremacist resistance of patriarchy. And it's not inside of this very intersectional culmination of what, you know, I guess like what feminism is or exploration of what relationships are. It's like, you need to be single for this amount of time so you can learn yourself so you can actually find a partner. And I don't believe that that's true. I believe it's totally fine to be in relationship after relationship after relationship and you work out and you discover yourself through those relationships. I don't believe that just because you're with someone that you don't get to learn about yourself. Like, I don't think that that's true at all. Period. Um, so I guess long story short, that's, that's how my friendships kind of mimic my romantic relationships is that I'm, I'm still in communication with my first boyfriend ever. Um, yeah, that nigga be texting me. Shout out to you. That nigga be on a group text with me. This is, a, this is unusual. Cause I don't do that. I'm not a person who communicates with exes. That's not my ethic. Me personally. I don't fuck with that. Um, I just don't see the need for it. I'm not opposed to it, but I don't have quality exes. I don't have people that yeah. deserve to still I have some quality around. exes. I mean, I didn't think that they were quality when we broke up. Um, if I go back to my 17-year-old self and my 22-year-old self and probably my 25-year-old self, I didn't think that they were quality. But at this point in my life, I'm like, 30-year-old let's self? be, you know, you know, after even after that, shortly after that, I mm-hmm. forgive really quickly. I guess that's an aspect of relationships for me is that I, for, I will forgive you. <clears throat> you do me wrong. I still forgive you. Like, right. and I don't, and I, I'll forget it too. I have a horrible memory. I'll just forget it. That's I won't true. even you remember. Will. Like I won't remember what you did. And I also forgive you. Like, I just don't have no time for that, but I also hold a grudge. I don't know. I'm weird. I think grudge and being forgiving are two different things. I would say that I'm grappling with forgiveness because I really, and I'm a Christian too, so it's interesting that I grapple with this. It's not that I hold grudges against people. I just don't know what forgiveness feels like or means. Mm. Like, what is the culminating feeling? Like, what is supposed to happen? I forgive a person and then what? There's no charge. I I feel like there's no charge left. Like, if you forgive someone and you literally forgive forgive them you're not necessarily upset about that thing anymore 
Right. You can kind of let it go. If you saw them walking down the street in Soho and you had a hella heavy day, you wouldn't be like, fuck, I also just saw that person too. You forgave them. It's cool. I, I don't. I mean, it doesn't have to be cool, but it's like it doesn't have charge necessarily in that particular area is what I think. I agree with that. But I think for me, I'm still like, if forgiveness is really, I feel like a, it's like a solid, like I'm going to do you mm-hmm. a favor. I'm going to grant you forgiveness for your sake and absolve you from any guilt. Yeah. That's all I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, but I also really don't, I think another thing that's interesting too, just to always just lift up the beauty of blackness, something about black people. And it, I don't think it's just like I think what you're raising about like being in partnership and wanting to be in partnership and thriving around people and in relationships, I think that's something rooted ancestrally and rooted in totally. blackness. Black people love, uh, like, I don't know, black people had this thing in community. Like, and I think, of course, it's driven by survival where we bond really closely and we situate ourselves very closely in order to survive in communities. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, there's always a play cousin, like in Oakland, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like play cousin and everybody is somebody auntie and mm-hmm. everybody's somebody brother, even though you really not. And de- and I really feel like you really are mm-hmm. like everybody. There's aunts auntie. that I didn't know that were, weren't actually technically my aunts until I was like 21. I was like, that's not my mom's sister. <laughs> right. So when you have that in your DNA, that also, yes, that's also a part of it. And I always want, cause somebody just said, somebody like, said that. Yeah. yeah. How can you ever be alone when there's ancestors lingering, lingering around and I'm, I do feel like a spiritual sense, even when I'm alone. Um, I won't get too deep into that. Um, But I will say that, like, when listening to you speak, I'm like, that sounds totally normal to me. But I do recognize that societally, like, there's this bootstrap thing. Be independent. Yeah, be independent. It means something good about you. Yeah, and middle school, they have all the superlatives, you know, in the yearbook. And I got voted best all around. And I think my dad said something like, you need to, like, you know, be with yourself, girl. Like, stop being with all those friends. For what? No explanation. But you know, like, black (laughs) parents, it's just like, this is how it is. That's it. Ain't no, don't talk back. (laughs) But, like, I don't understand. They got friends, too. Black parents got friends, too. My dad actually doesn't have hella friends. Full disclosure, my dad does not. My dad has, that's what my dad says all the time. <clears throat> I have my family. I don't need a lot of friends. That's, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that's something to explore. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. my mother is very honorary, but hella loving, and people flock to her. She's a Leo. Um, <laughs> and she'll be like, I don't like people. I'm antisocial, but she has hella friends. And yeah. she loves making friends, like intergenerationally, like yeah, old people. And she's young a big people. sweetheart. She, yeah, my mother has hella friends. Um, in full disclosure, and I heard, and now I have friends. I don't know, maybe yeah. I inherited that from her, but I do have a question to ask you. So, how does you not want to let people go help, like help or hinder or impact you? How you mourn exes? Like this conversation mm, about a very when a rela- now we talk about relation when relationships end. Yes, they do end, y'all. Relationships end. They don't. They're not always forever. That's the nature of them right disney movies really fucked us up yep yes yep. They, they end um um so yeah that does actually hinder it hinders me mourning relationships in mm-hmm. a lot of ways um 
because I don't want to go through that mourning process. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm afraid to mourn it because I don't want to feel the way that I felt when I was 13 and my mom died. I mean, I think, I mean, I've done a lot of work around this. That's why I keep pointing back to my mom. It's such a pivotal moment in my life mm-hmm. when she passed. So a lot of my relationships, I've stayed in them even when they were abusive, even when they did not serve me, even when, you know, they were absolutely, they just, they needed to end. I stayed because I didn't want to go through a mourning process. So that's absolutely hindered me. And then when they ended, I still wanted those people to stay around. It's like, yes, you were horrible, but could you still be my friend? Like we could still be friends. We started off as friends, which is a lot of my your romantic relationships start off as friendships and then they become romantic. Um, it's like, we started off as friends. Let's continue as friends. And there's the unpacking for me that I've had to do. And that those people are not my friends. Like they are not interested in being my friend. No. They weren't. I think you can be a friend and in a romantic relationship. Uh, that's I count a prerequisite. You, I count me. you as my friend. Like yep. you are my best friend. You are my best friend. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, and I would never, they're going to be mad at me, boy. <laughs> you're my best friend in a relationship, you know, and we're in romantic relationship. And there's a ways in which that you would continue to be my friend if we did not stay together, which I don't think is going to be the case. But if there, for whatever reason we broke up, you would still be my friend. Yes. I don't know, babe. Uh, I'm not good at that. I'd work it. on it, though. You're worth I it. I tried. You're worth it. I tried. So even But if- you're still a friend to me, though. Yeah. A lot of those partnerships, they ended because those people were not a friend to me. Right. At all. They just were interested in, you know, putting their trauma on me, which is not cool. Right. Like the trauma that they experienced will never, should never, ever be placed on me <laughs> as a way to deal with that. That's not right. okay. Um and that's what has happened to me. And I think I'm not the only person to have that experience to go through emotional, um, abusive relationships by any means. But that has definitely hindered me not being able to deal with closure or people leaving or, you know, that has impacted me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said is really pithy earlier is that we don't have any training on necessarily how to be a friend or but there's a so there's also no training on how to mourn exes. There's no there training. are no open conversations. No there one's are having conversations about platitudes. Yeah. Right. There's platitudes of like either fuck with them or don't fuck with them or right. let your ex be your ex or right. are they friends with you on Facebook? Or, yeah. Right. There's just very tropey ways, but there's no real like let's keep it real about the way we feel emotionally and the things that we do have to mourn. Literally, yeah. It is a grieving process. Yeah. And that's something we don't really do with people. Who are still alive on the right or give space to do it right it's like right. you know your friends get kind of sick of you talking about it but if you lost a friend a friend died you would talk about it and <laughs> yeah. you would have the space to talk about it but i feel like there's not outside of therapy god bless therapy there's not a lot of space to talk about a relationship ending, a friendship and ending or a friendship like, ending mm-hmm. too yeah i have um i'm going through a divorce right now and i've you know shared on my you know instagram stories about it i don't really talk about it too much um in my um public like i guess presence but that is something that i'm going through and i was with this person for seven years and it was super duper hard for me um, to go to have that experience and that our relationship really did end you know at a particular point in our relationship and then we kept going anyway um, and we didn't just end it and we mm-hmm. didn't just take the time to mourn um, each other at all 
So that 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 sucked. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> it doesn't feel good yeah. because then that also prolongs the morning. Maybe it doesn't prolong the morning, but there was this prolonging of morning when we did actually break up because right. we didn't have each other to you know kind of fall back on or be like a clutch to right. each other. There was no a crutch. Unco- there was no uncomfortable moments. It was just oh you're here in the bed. Okay, I'm gonna sleep with you. Maybe I'll have sex with you. You're just there. You're just a body. Like I think a lot no of people longer, do that. Yeah, there's yeah, no... It's just so you don't have to mourn. Like, I know I'm not alone in that. I know people don't want to actually go through a mourning process. It's not... It's not... Um, viewed as something that we could go through. It's not a possibility. It's actually a a place where you don't want to go, where people try to keep you from. It's like, okay, meditate so you don't mourn. Okay, eat cake so you don't mourn. Okay, watch Netflix so you don't mourn. Okay, go shopping so you don't mourn. Go on a sex binge. Okay. (laughs) So you don't mourn. It's all of these things to keep from mourning um, rather than just going through the experience. Which is what I think contributes to this whole breakup to make us where it's yeah. like you be with a person I, so in my this is the first time I'll ever say this publicly the first and the last time um, and I really grapple with that but I was in a physically abusive relationship um, and so there's a couple of reasons why I've been reluctant to talk about that I think there's only maybe two people and now all hundreds of y'all yes. thousands or whoever gonna listen to this who know this but you know maybe only two people Erica and a really good friend of mine um knew that I was going through this and that this had happened and because it was a queer relationship and me being trans I already hold on hella tight to my masculinity I don't want to talk about the fact that I was in a physically abusive relationship because I think motherfuckers already don't view me you know as a real man or I don't live up to expectations of a real man so if they know knew that that they would try me. And even the person mm-hmm. who abused me um, would kind of allude to my masculinity as like, oh, this can't possibly be abuse because if you wanted to, you could beat my ass. Or if you wanted to, you could, you know, physically overpower me. Um, and yet a lot of mass folks deal with physical abuse and being the recipient of it. Um, but yeah, I just don't usually ever want to talk about that. But that was a relationship that I stayed in for five years. Mm-hmm. And so I hold on to my masculinity very tightly now or I get hella buck with people because I still haven't released that and mm-hmm. let that go of when I was in a, a physically abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Something I haven't spoke out loud or, or that I just grapple with alone. That is something I don't do very many things alone, but I process and deal with my pain and my anger mm-hmm. and isolation. That's something I'm used to doing um, because I live with I live with a lot of shame um, mm-hmm. around that, mm-hmm. around having been um, hit by a partner, and so that's just you know. But I stayed, mm-hmm. and so mine's is, is I think my stay is not because I'm afraid to mourn or mourn that person. I just felt like that was I didn't think it was abuse. I didn't have the language around it at the time to know that I was being physically abused. I thought also that my masculinity would make it something else, Mm. Um, that it would somehow be less traumatic because I have a mask. I live in a masculine body or whatever the hell that means, or Mm -hmm. I use masculinity or I present masculinely. So, um, that's a relation, but it didn't end like it still persisted. So I was still in that relationship. And so I guess my question to folks is like, and to start thinking about is like, um, when you, whether a relationship is abusive or not, or sometimes relationships just end, they run their course, they end for a myriad number of reasons, but 
you know, why do you, why have you stayed in a relationship you felt that was ending or may have needed to end or, you know, it was just a generally running its course. What drives people? I'm really interested to know what drives people to stay. Mm-hmm. I think people make all types of assumptions of why people stay in relationships mm-hmm. or why people break up and then make up again and all that shit. And those are all just assumptions. Right. They say nothing about how people actually relate to one another behind closed doors or in real time right or validate how people relate to one another yeah Yeah. absolutely right right Mm -hmm. you know it's all about oh you shouldn't have just been in another relationship after that one anyway that's probably why that happened yeah blame it yeah blame victim blame it shit like that um so that's something that's that i've i've really thank you for sharing that babe oh yeah yeah you didn't have to i shared it with you so it's it's, erica holds a lot of space for me and the things that i've gone through so it makes it a lot better. You know, now it coming out of my mouth, I don't really feel no way about it. Um, and I think that's also the nature of the internet is it's like a, it's like a barrier of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another, like thinking about the digital age, mm-hmm. how do friendships look now? Mm-hmm. You know, I have many of my close friends live in other States. Um, people I used to live with and kick it with my boom coon. That's another what a synonym for friend you know my boom coons they all live somewhere else my aces mm-hmm. um and so now that those relationships have changed geographically like the shape of them has changed and i'm a really i'm not gonna say i'm friend of the year i'm hella bad at communicating mm-hmm. um i'm really really bad and don't text me because that's like text Ebony. that is not something i call if, once and then call another she, time I, on facetime but i need to start be, and i but i need to start being responsible <laughs> you like do. i gotta start texting you need people to back. text back i gotta start calling people i gotta start but it'd be in my heart too and i think there's i was reading an article where people are like it's good to ghost like if i have to ghost on somebody or disappear on somebody because i'm hella busy or i'm going through something people shouldn't hold me to account for it Mm -hmm. and i agree to a certain extent like if you're going through something you don't you ain't got no time to be like hey what's going on you know at all you don't have that wherewithal right in the moment but it's also like i'm just i'm not gonna deny that it makes me feel bad when i'm hitting my pot we only have a minute damn we didn't so we get only, to talk about ourselves. So we'll, okay. So we're, that's what I guess you have to look forward to. Yes. Yeah, sure. It's us talking about our relationship. And why it's different. On the podcast. Yes. And why this is, yeah, why this is different. Right. Yeah. So. I miss y'all. We're going to, this was a good, a great live. I think it was a good live. I, I said re- it would be the best. It was, we always be, we have it, we all got it cranking over here. Um, one thing I want to leave you with, and babe, I don't know if you have some partner words to leave folks with, mm-hmm. but if you do have friends or if you do have friendships or a romantic relationship, romantic friendships, um, just really start to think about the ways that, you know, humans relate to one another, how other people may be feeling, what they may be going through in their own friendships. And there's just no guide to it. There's, there's no, no one good way to be a friend except, but to be there, I think being present. And also helps. listen to the, what the person needs. It's not how, what's the golden rule? Treat others how they want to be treated or how you want to be mm-hmm. treated. It's actually treat others how they want to be treated, not how you want to be treated. Because if you are treating someone how you want to be treated, good luck in knowing what they want. Exactly. I think friendships are just hella nuanced. They are relationships. I think people view them diametrically and they are totally not. Mm-hmm. A friendship is a relationship. Um, and sometimes on one end, I feel like people re- 
view relationships in some hierarchical sense and there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. like my yeah. lover come first yes. or my family yes. come first or my Very friends come first people got all these come first and you know poly relationships they got all this verbiage around who come first and making sure motherfuckers don't feel primary. last primary anchor all these different mm-hmm. things at the end of the day somebody coming first at some point in time humans only have the capitalism capacity. does that True, but I but I also think I agree scientifically. Humans, oh, I heard somewhere, humans only had a capacity for 150 social connections, um, which is a lot, shit. That's but a lot. but I think that's changed, and that's probably pseudoscience. So I don't really take that at face value. Right. I know I ain't got that much capacity for a lot of relationships because I tend to give them all. Mm-hmm. That's each for one. sure. Um. So what makes our relationship different to you, given the trajectory of all your other? relationships and include me in that as far as friendships too so what makes our relationship different is that you let me be me you really worship me as i am and you're not interested in me morphing into any other person or being or you really worship me even at my faults and the things that drive you nuts there are many (laughs) shade you still worship those things like even though it drives you a little bonkers or a lot bonkers you still honor that that's a part of me you're not like erica you really need to change that or erica you really need to fix this i just want you what you say is erica i really want you to know that this is something that you do and then you have an inquiry, which makes a difference, which is different about us, is that you ask me, where does that come from? Or why do you do that? For example, I'm very controlling. And you'll ask, why is it that you are con- trying to control this right now? And that makes a difference because that has me sit back and that disarms me you know, from being, you know, aggressive or wanting to have an argument. It has me think about like, okay, wait. I guess I'm being controlling in this moment. Let me see why. And then let me see where that's actually coming from that I feel the need to control this very moment. Um, What can I let go of? So I think that is super important because you're not, I think in a lot of my past relationships, people have chastised me for being who I am. Um, And my most recent ex-partner said to me something like, you like attention, And that was the end of it. And it was, you know, a very like, almost like a strike at who I was. Um, It wasn't this thing of, you know, I know that you like attention. Even even saying that, I think in the United States context, saying that somebody likes attention is a bad thing. Yeah. Like you're not actually, that's shade. Like you're not actually lifting somebody up by saying they like attention. No. You're throwing shade. So I think you don't actually throw shade. You are probably the nicest person I've ever met in my life. And you are always like that. Like you are always gentle and kind, even when you're popping off on somebody. Like today you popped on somebody, popped off on somebody at the bank and then you, you know, said sorry to God because that you did that and you apologized. You know what I mean? I you felt still, hella you still felt that. bad. Like, I don't know anybody that feels that bad when they are mean to someone or that they pop off for right, you know, for all intents and purposes, purposes you were right in that pop off. But either way, I think what is, I think just is beautiful is that we just worship each other where we are. And there isn't this tug of war of you need to change and I need you to be this way or that way. And without having that sounding, you know, very cliche or intellectual, it's that we just 
we just love each other hella much and we love each other for all and of we it. love being around and each we like other. being around each other genuinely spending time each with yes. each other yeah like we just sit and we have <clears> conversations <throat> like this our podcast is really just a mirror into the conversations that we have like we we sit and talk about whatever and know people joke and say you know i wish y'all had a show i kind of wish we had a show too because people then could see the very organic conversations that we have, maybe all that all shit the is time. scripted to reality TV. But um, no, we wouldn't allow it. They, <laughs> that's what I think is beautiful. I think um, you ha- you are just so loving. I think your aunt is right in calling you lover. Like you literally, you wake up in the morning, you open your eyes only a little bit, like a little turtle, and then you wrap <laughs> your arms around me. That's the first thing you do every morning. There is no morning that's passed where you have not done that, where you always reach out for me and hold me. And I think that that's so, I feel so beautiful when you do that. And it's also the way you look at me. You look at me like I'm the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. The smartest thing. Yeah. And the most brilliant <laughs> and the most loving. And there is no list long enough. Thank you. To describe how I feel about you. So don't ask me. I won't ask. But still, I just, um, yeah, it's great. And I love, I think what's different about us too is that everybody sees it. Yes. You know, like people that don't even really. You couldn't hate if you tried. Right. Don't even be rocking with me like that. Will message me and say, you know, I really love you, your partnership with Ebony. Like, I really respect that. I love that. And, you know, like, no shade to my exes out there, but one of my exes blocked you on Facebook and didn't even know you. And I think that that's ridiculous. But at the same time, I think that that's indicative of someone knowing that you were going to be around for a long time. Yeah. Like, they knew what's up. They knew what they were walking into. actually really didn't care. Which is hilarious. It's really crazy. It's actually nuts. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't really give a fuck. But it's also just indicative of something. It's indicative of something, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to necessarily use that as a barometer, but it's indicative of something um so yeah that's what i think is different and that we just yeah we just really love each other like i don't know what else to say about i just love you we live in a lap of luxury Hmm, we are we luxuriate in love yes we are just think of the most indulgent thing uh, that beyonce has in her life she probably got an elevator in her fucking car you know whatever beyonce needs beyonce don't hear it to drive no more beyonce just blinking her shit turn on that is how i feel every day waking up to erica i am look i just it's almost i'm i'm it's too much it's just so it's like i can't really stay mad at the world for long because i have so much love i have so much love inside of me for you of course for the world and for people but it really starts here and it never runs out um you're my master you know you're my master that's hierarchical know? weird shit i don't know if that I ain't know. weird that ain't weird i'm your zaddy no fuck that that's <laughs> lame no. oh okay all right no. master i'm fine with that you are you are Can you call me that for the rest of the year no okay fine but you are and i mean that in a a myriad different ways i mean that in a kinky sense but i also just mean like i i submit to you you know Mm -hmm. i do i really submit to you i really sometimes i'm working on it but i am i just i get i submit all my the i have this need to stay the same i could be pretty resistant to change 
And I really, I really hold fast to the way things have been for me, which is like, though I'm hella extroverted and have so many friends, I call myself the loneliest nigga with the most friends. Mm. Like I feel very isolated. I feel very alone and I can be very cerebral and in my head. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't. So I move about like that. You always say, you got to be in partnership. Mm -hmm. You say to me all the time, babe, you need to be in partnership. You need to act in partnership. And that's something I haven't been very good at doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But you make me want to be better at that. Mm -hmm. Are you crying? You don't have to tell people that I'm crying. They can't (laughs) see us, Erica. (laughs) But you should be authentic. I am. This is authentic. That's something I love about you. Is that I think, I think, What's different about this, I keep trying, I keep saying this so I can get to the core of it, but I don't know that I ever will, is that we love to love separately. You know, before I ever met, I love to love people. I always have people around me. I always love to, I always love to speak to people. I love to talk to people. I I go in my shell sometimes, but for the most part, I love people. I love people. That whole, I don't like people. I am the complete opposite. I love people. And you do too. So yeah. us together is a whole force of just fucking love. Like we just love each other because of how much we love people. <laughs> and really, I love you because of you. Though. Yeah. It's a like how I love is a function. How we both love yes. and the ways in which we show love so gratuitously is a function of definitely like how much we love people. But I really love you because of you. Um, I love you, but I love everything about you. It's not one thing. I say this all the time. It's not one thing that I don't love about you. Same. It's like, it, I don't, you don't give me much to work with as far as not loving. Like, you, I can't even, I mean. And I, I think that you're hard not to love, though, babe. You're really, I tell you that all the time. How could, how could anyone not love you? There's some Literally, people who don't love and me. And I don't understand that. I truly don't understand. You let me know. <laughs> Dial in. Let me know why you don't love me. Hood rats and head raps at gmail.com. All right. With, you know, I don't want people to think that we just sit around and talk about how much we love each other, which we do. Okay. What do you not like about me? What do we fight about? We should talk about that too. Um, <laughs> I thought we were going to include that. Oh, yeah, I was also going to tell the story about how when I was in fourth grade, how I love people so much and I've, like, cared about all my friendships and valued them so highly. I was going to get skipped from the third to the fourth grade. Oh, yeah. And I said I didn't want to do it so that I could be with my friends. And I had this idea that I was going to know them motherfuckers in third grade for the rest of my life. I don't barely talk to them. But shout out to some of y'all, though. Divorcee and all of y'all. <laughs> That's their name? Divorcee. Divorcee Pittman. That Divorcee was one of my best friends. Divorcee Pittman. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. Um, we argue... We argue... I won't say... I don't know how to quantify how much we argue. I don't even think that's important. But, like, we're... I mean, we're in close proximity all the time. One thing to note is that if you don't know that and you're just listening for now is that Ebony and I are business partners. So we work together as well. Neither one of us go leave the house for eight hours or six hours a day to work in an office. We work with each other. So any movement that either one of us make with our businesses, you know, whether it be I Heart Erica or Ebony Sound Equity, which is in the process of coming to life, like it's all a conversation that we're having with each other. So it's, what do you think about this? What can I make a move on this? Or how do you, you know, feel about this? Thing? And don't ever sound that clear. It's never Shut communicated up. that clearly. Shut up. Yes, it is. 
I said, babe, what do you think what about this? What problems do we have? I'm controlling. You're hella controlling. I'm controlling. So what's and you don't like you, Ebony? You've never you have never had any sort of discipline. Mm-mm. So me, I I I need to wake up in the morning at eight a.m. because I feel like I'm going to get in trouble by some internal yep, lashing yep. that I'm going to receive from my dad if I lay in the bed any longer because he used to tell us that we need to get up and be active. You don't have that. So I, I get had up. no bedtime my whole life. Right. Fun fact, as a child, my mother wow. did not give us no bedtime. I don't, that's why my friends be like, oh, I had to go to bed at eight. I'm like, what is it? Like, I'm up all night watching Cinemax. Like, <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Oh, types of softcore porn. Oh my god! And I had to sneak to watch it, and then I would feel bad if I was sleeping the next day. <laughs> so, you know, I will get up at eight a.m. and I'll start working, and Ebony will still be in bed. Will be yelling at me from the bed until about ten a.m. or so. Then he'll come out and he'll start reading um, something that has nothing to do with the work that we're doing, and. And then he'll and then I will be asking him about work stuff or when you're gonna start work and he's like you know like leave me alone babe like I don't have time for that and that's sometimes where we clash. Also, I believe in deadlines. Ebony does not, so I have a huge deadline that I need support with, and Ebony is helping me on. But we are no moving. Help. We're not pushing on moving on that deadline because Ebony doesn't believe in deadlines. Believes that there's no there's no such there's no such thing as like needing to finish mm-hmm. this at a particular I, time. I agree. Things can just kind of go on forever. And the thing is, is Ebony has gotten away with this his entire life, where literally it could be late as hell, and he will still, by the grace of all of his, you know, freaking. Um, what is the word? Master spirits, guardians. No. <laughs> Charm is the word. Uh, None oh, of those things. It'd be the ancestors. Charm ain't the ancestors. The ancestors are charm. <laughs> Got him with these extended deadlines that still save his ass. So that's that's where we clash a lot. And I think that's constant where we clash is that you don't want no deadline. It's also when you're in a bad mood, I want to fix it. And You're I've learned I'm a fixer. And I think that's a bl- very black femme thing. I wanted to say that earlier is that I stay with people very long because I think that I could fix you it. You take your projects home as, as one of my best friends, mama say, yeah, don't take your projects home. Yeah. I think that I can. And that, and that is us that where we, we're not a project. Like mm-hmm. it's all good. We're going to sit down and work it out, but we're not, it's not a project. It's easy. Yeah. It's easy. It's the easiest relationship I've ever been in. I'm also patriarchal. You are. That's annoying as hell. Mm-hmm. It's annoying. I have to check you. Yeah, I'm very patriarchal. Like, I had this expectation. I don't cook. I'm in it. I just don't like to cook. I don't- the joy of cooking has not right touched my heart and my spirit. I'm not one of them niggas who enjoy being in the kitchen all like that. I clean the shit out to some dishes, though. <laughs> now, when I clean up your house, it's true. your tub, your tub, I come to your house, your tub going to be brand new. I guarantee you. It's, it's going to look like a whole new house it's after true. I'm done cleaning it. But it's but annoying I, that when I cook on time, he doesn't have to wait for breakfast or lunch or dinner. But I have to wait for things that I need business-wise. And he also be talking about me cleaning the bathroom. So that's where we argue sometimes. Because I'm like, why am I cooking and cleaning? Because I do cook and clean. You cook. And, and <laughs> cleaning the bathroom. That don't make no sense to me. You cook a lot, but you don't clean all the time. But I'm, we're not going to. Right. Okay, so see, we over see, here, see, see what happens? See, we are a real it. We're about couple. to do it. We're about yeah, to see, go there. See, authentic. See, what, do, what, you, what do you not like about me? 
We said a lot it's about It's just you. you controlling. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just a control. It is not I'm just very, controlling. I am, well, I am not. That's like I said. I am, indi- I am independent in the sense that I really am used to doing shit when I want, how I want, where I want, on my own terms. I don't really budge on that. I guess that's the only part of me that's stubborn. I want to do what I want to do yes, when I want to do it and true. how I want to and do it. And don't ask him to do it any differently. Oh, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm in a partnership with a person who is very, very organized and methodical. You are hella organized. If you ask any of my friends, especially Candace Green, if I'm organized, Candace McManus, sorry, Candace, <laughs> that I'm organized, she will crack up. You're hella organized. You're tight. You're not tidy, but you like organizing your mind around work and you got your calendars and your motherfucking post-its and your, you know, papers and everything has to be in a file cabinet. I have my way to organize. Yes. My own special way. Me, I don't have all my papers is in a plastic bag somewhere. Or on the floor. Or on the floor. Like right next to the Keyword somewhere. I'm not organized. I I have a partner who has a very different style. Yes. of living than yes. I do and a style of working than I do. Yes. And so my challenge is seeing the value in Erica's organization and trying to learn from it instead of looking at it as just getting on my fucking nerves, which is how it comes off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's about us, y'all. I know you say you love us and we're your faves. We take it. We, we I, Y'all take are it. our faves. We affirm that. You know, we only, we care, we love people. So y'all are our faves. I think um, what's really important to, as an important takeaway from this, is that you are my dearest, one of my dearest friends. You are my best friend. Um, And I think it's important in relationships because people ask all the time, like, oh, I want to be like y'all, a relationship goals and all that shit. I'm like, that doesn't absolve you from having problems. Right. And I think sometimes, and even I used to think when I got into a relationship, it'd be perfect. Um, and this is, this is yeah. all the arguing, all the bickering, going back and forth about these dishes and the bathroom and the cooking and my patriarchy. It's all perfect. Yeah. And I would not trade it in for any other relationship configuration. I love you too. You're hella. Also, you're hella fun. So I don't know if that's something that people look for in partners uh, nowadays. Yeah. If people ever be like, "Oh, I want somebody that's fun," I I think people you say are that. Fun. You're I, hella I fun. Did, no, I say that because I dated a lot of people that wanted to stay home I, me and too. also chastised me for wanting to go out. Same. And I love to go out, and you do too. You're always down for a party. Yep. So that is, I like that. That's I've never that had a partner that, where be either. like, "Let's go." Me either, and really will out party me because you do. You will, stay you will out. try to lessen me. Yeah, I want like, you to come home with me. But you be ready to say, I'll be two in the morning. I'll be like, okay, babe, let's go home. And you're like, uh-uh. I want to stay longer. What if they turn this song on? Two more songs, babe. Yes, I'm the type of person, if, you come to, if I come to the party with you, Yumi, I got that from Yumi. And, and one of my really, really, one of my best friends in the world, um, this wanting to stay out. That's the person who taught me how to party. And when we party, it's for the long haul. It's for the whole <laughs> entire night. <laughs> And That's we end true. up four locos and and motherfucking fish fillet fillet of fish. Ew, four locos is horrible. And so is a fish fillet. Both very yes. nasty. 
College. So this is episode, our, our probably our longest episode. It's that, probably going to be the longest, but it's relationships, so it makes sense that it's long. And we haven't even barely touched the surface. We can have we really. I a, think we can have and, a part two of this. We will have a part two of this. And I, um, yeah. We will definitely have and a part two. And y'all make comments and you know like us on iTunes. You've listened this long, so just go ahead and like us on iTunes. Make a comment. We're you know we're, we're trying to make this big. We wanna we wanna come to your city, and maybe we can go on a tour. Maybe we can get sponsored. Huh? I want to find out a way for y'all motherfuckers to call us and call in oh, without Lord me giving mercy. you our number. So get us oh, on get radio. Yeah. Right. So the point being is that we want to engage with what you have to say. Please email us. We'll have that information available to you uh, via the newsletter. So continue to sign up for that. But you know how to get in touch with us. Hoodrats and headwraps at gmail.com. Hoodrats and headwraps at at gmail.com. I uh, also follow at iHeartErica on on Instagram. Instagram and twitter and that's how you can also get in touch with us please let us know your thoughts let us know how you feel about friendships and relationships it's hella fascinating um it is the the sort of the core of our existence is each other and some people will say that the greatest our greatest natural resource is a human resource Mm -hmm. i mean we don't really treat each other well we shoot each other up for no reason right um people we don't even know yeah um so what does in a very white supremacist capitalist patriarchal time that we live in what does it mean to have friendships right especially for black folks right but for every when folks are regarded as disposable right yeah especially black bodies right especially when black bodies are regarded as disposable who's gonna who's our keeper yeah who's keeping us yeah um and what does that look like? Like, what does that look like to hold each other accountable? Hold problematic white people in our lives. How to, how to hold these people accountable? Yeah. And, and maybe retain them and maybe have a semblance of a friendship with them. Okay. So just think about all these things, like, in, in the context of our times. For sure. Think about friends. We're your it's friends. It's a good episode. We love you. Tune in, y'all. We tooting our own horn. We are. I hope y'all like it. We're tooting our own horn. Maybe it's horrible. I don't know. I don't care. I love you. I love you, too. And I love you. And I love love you, too. Let's do a little. That was a fake kiss, babe. Give me a real kiss, please. Y'all like that. Love you. Hood rat to head rat. Peace.